Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. Today we have Christy Rocha here. She is the host of Sass Says, a podcast to guide women on how to heal, educate, and empower themselves through therapy and real life stories of perseverance. She interviews mental health professionals, experts, coaches, and women who share her mission to debunk the stigmas and misconceptions about therapy and mental health. Christy is known for how for asking the but how questions so that her listeners can walk away from each episode with actionable steps on what to do next when it comes to relationships, motherhood, body image, ambition, and what she calls the intangible, the intangible. Self-care is also a hot topic on her show. Christy and her husband live in New Jersey with their two toddlers. Are your toddlers girls or boys or both? <laughs> my daughter is four and my son is two. Oh, you got one of each. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yep. thank you for being here. I am a big proponent of all things mental health and how important that is. Um, I would love to know a little bit about your history and why why does it matter so much to you and, and how did you get into this? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's nice to be here. Um, you know, I just was one of those people that on paper, life is life is good. You know, I had a good childhood. I went to schools, graduated college, got a job, met my husband, bought a house, the whole thing, got a couple of kids. And there wasn't anything that I could say that was, you know, not falling into place, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> as I'm sure you and everyone listening knows, life happens. And, um, you know, the, the birth of my children, my first was particularly jarring experience. I was not at all prepared for the realities of motherhood. I had a very romanticized version in my head of what I thought motherhood would be. And I didn't know it at the time, but now in hindsight, I know enough that I definitely suffered postpartum depression and anxiety mm -hmm. and didn't know. And no one around me knew. And, um, what you makes know, you yeah. know now in hindsight that that's what was going on? What what do you see now that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really didn't leave the house for months. Um, and, and that didn't strike me as at all weird until I started seeing other women have babies and the babies were younger than mine and they were going out to lunch. And, you know, my daughter was born January 1st and I'm on the East Coast. So there was some aspect of weather and snow and winter, but yeah. Mm, you know, we could go to the mall, we could go to lunch, we could do things. And I just, the thought of, of doing everything that would need to be done to take her out of the house just overwhelmed me so much that it paralyzed me. Way. Yeah. And, and my, like, so she also, um, didn't really sleep <laughs> until she was about a year old without a huge fight. And there were many nights my husband spent and my husband and I spent months of her first year 
up sometimes all night until we both had to go to work the next morning. And I don't remember this, but my husband obviously has a very vivid memory of it. But there was one night that I was, you know, it was my turn to rock her and try to get her down. And I just went into our bedroom, started basically begging him to switch places with me. And I started crying. And I just said, if you don't, if this baby doesn't stop crying, I'm going to throw her over the railing. And he was stunned, obviously. And I don't even remember it. Like, that's just the place that I was in. And I actually had no real intention of throwing her over the railing, but it just, to me and to him, spoke to the place of desperation that I was in mentally, emotionally, physically, just, and, and yeah, and I, and, you know, no one, no one around me knew enough to go, hmm, is this okay? (laughs) This is still going on. This isn't just baby blues. This is months and months and months. So, yeah. And I think you're, I mean, you're so not alone in all of those things. And for anybody who's listening that, may or may not already have a baby to just kind of be aware. And that's why I asked the question of what did that look like for you? Because people don't recognize, they think if they're not attached to the baby or if they're crying all the time and it does show up in many different forms and ways. So definitely have that awareness. And then as far as the sleep, I mean, I remember feeling like I was going insane without sleep. Yeah. And And that's when somebody had said, you know, that they use sleep deprivation as a form of torture in other countries. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can, I get that now because it makes you, it turns you into a psychosis state, which Mm -hmm. is legit, a hundred percent legitimate. Yes. Um, And I know the feeling too, of we tried that as well of like, okay, maybe I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and my husband Mm -hmm. does the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then thinking like, oh my God, I can't do it. Like we, we need to switch. I remember exactly in my head thinking, what did I just do? I just set myself up for failure because he's so helpful. And now I'm trying to like put it this way, but really I need him to do more. I know. So yeah, I, I, I can relate in so many ways. Um, so how did this parlay into, is that where you, where and when you started seeing somebody as a therapist to help you through that? Or how did that evolve? So I started seeing a therapist um, once I got pregnant again. So, and I was, I was fairly far along in that pregnancy. I'd say like second trimester, almost third trimester in that pregnancy. And, you know, at the time I remember just feeling like every day was heavy. Every day was hard. And a couple of things went into that. So, um, you know, when my first was born, we moved from Boston to New Jersey where I'm from and we couldn't find a house for a year. So we were living with my parents Mm -hmm. and then we, so right around the time that I started therapy was when we finally bought a house and moved into it, which was exciting, but I had a one-year-old and, and I was pregnant and it was insane. Um, And also, unfortunately we lost my sister-in-law at a young age to cancer. So Mm -hmm. that loss just hit me so much harder than I ever could have anticipated. And it was fast and there was not a lot of processing time. And, you know, I just heard my mom actually heard a friend of hers on another podcast saying that, yeah, I love my job. I love my kids. I love my husband. Things are pretty good, but I see a therapist and it helps me to just vent, hash out ideas, 
process. And I thought, you know what? I feel like I'm drowning. Let me just see if I can find one through my insurance. If I can't, and I did the whole thing. I'm like, if I can't find one through my insurance, then I won't do it. And thankfully I, I am privileged in that sense that I was able to find someone through my insurance. So I had a, a worth it to me copay and it was easy enough to do the process of finding one. But you know, and my therapist and I laugh about this now, like the first time I called her, I was like very, you know, robotic. And, and I was just like, okay, I don't want to get locked into anything. I just want to see how it goes. And she's like, we just will do whatever you want. Like, it's okay. You know, what I, I was like very like type A about it, but, but yeah, just, just feeling like every day was hard. Every day was heavy. Um, my thoughts were heavy. My physical body just felt heavy. And obviously I was very pregnant, but you know, I was just anticipating that next wave of newborn and thought, let me get some help. Let me see if someone can help me. And um, I truly did not know fully what to expect. And I went into it kind of saying, okay, here are the X, Y, Z things I want to fix. And uh, that, the idea of that was shot down very quickly. She's like, that's not how this works. So, <laughs> and and so you were there. lucky enough to find the one person off the bat that you've stayed with yes. through your journey. No, that's nice. It, because I was I, lucky. Yeah. I always kind of say, especially people that are on a fertility journey, that it is important to um to interview therapists and make sure you can relate with them. Also ask, are they willing and able to share their story with you? And mm -hmm. is that something that you can relate to them? I remember, I mean, I've been seeing therapists since I was 12 years old and actually going to therapy through my first divorce is what got me to be a, for, or a, a life coach in 2008, mm -hmm. because I realized I really wanted more of the, the coaching as well as the quote unquote type of therapy. Whereas the therapists I had always seen were much more of like, okay, let's focus on the past and where you're like, what's happening and not really relatable to me. I remember I had, I've always in my younger years and sometimes every now and then still have body image issues. And that's kind of the world that I grew up in. And I remember talking to a therapist that she probably weighed like a hundred pounds soaking wet and <laughs> trying to like think she has no idea what like a body dysmorphic situation is like. Mm -hmm. And yet I still come and every time I walk away, I'm like, she doesn't get me. She doesn't understand what I'm going through, whatever. So I really feel like it's important if you are going to a therapist or a coach or somebody, interview them, see if you feel totally. like you are seen, heard and understood. And for me, it's really important. I don't go to therapists anymore because of that. And I think that not to put down therapists because I think that they are amazing. But for me, it's really important to have a mutual dialogue, almost like a. I always equate it to a personal trainer, right? Like I know, I know about them. I know that they, how many kids they have. I know where they live. I know, you know, if they're dating somebody or whatever. Um, and that was always really important to me to see them as a real person rather than I, there was this boundary between me and them. Yes. Do you find for you that you have that or you're able to kind of look past that if you don't have that? Yeah. So I, I, all the points you're making are, are so valid. And I think that even if it is a therapist that someone is looking for, there are therapists, especially now that are willing to self-disclose. Yeah. I and think, that's why I say I think, interview them and ask yeah, them. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. years ago, that was really, really taboo. And yeah. now you have therapists who are on social media, like putting a lot of things out there. But mm -hmm. anyway, 
my therapist lets me know enough. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that I kind of, and I've said this before, but I, I chose her initially to call because truly she looks nothing like me, but her picture looked like me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> she just had the same kind of vibe as me. We look yeah. nothing alike, but she just looked like me. And then um, within the first call, you know, she, she, she shared that she had a kid the same age as mine. And for the, for the beginning part of my therapy, that was enough. Yeah. To just 100%. know that she could, she got it. You know, I yes. didn't have to explain every little detail of motherhood and yeah. especially being the same age. It was like, we would go, we went through potty training essentially together, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I do, do get think that with her. That's awesome. Just like you said, even the fact of like, hi, I'm Susie Q. And oh, I also have a baby. That goes so yes. far, right? So far. Totally. And to your point now, the world of therapy is, in fact, a lot of therapists are now coaches too, because mm -hmm. of that and, yes. and the different availability and things that have come about. So I think that that's great that you were able to have that safe space. How often did you feel, how often was your cadence for seeing her that you felt you were seeing a difference where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm getting somewhere and this is really useful. Yeah. It's funny in, in some sense, my initial reaction is to say it took a while to feel like I was getting somewhere, but on the other hand, you know, even just the first few sessions of essentially word vomiting for an hour to somebody who was strictly there to listen to me. <laughs> felt so good. You know? Yeah. And to have a mommy break too, yes, right? So totally. It was especially, I mean, now we, we uh, do it over FaceTime, but this okay. is pre-COVID. So I had to take my daughter to, to my dad, then go to her office. Like it was a full hour, hour and a half of no kid, no nothing. And yeah, I mean, I think truly getting deep into the quote unquote work as we would say in like self-development, yeah. you know, I think that took some time because, um, you know, I needed, I needed to really understand what I needed to work on. Uh, I went into it, like I said, with a couple of things that I thought I was going to fix and they ended up being what I learned. My experience with therapy as a whole is that, you know, the things that I wanted to fix were these external things. And really I needed to look inward and I needed that time and space and the ability to just freely speak my mind to even yeah. start to figure out what I was looking inward at. A hundred percent. I could not agree with you more. So often people think I'm mean, I need to go to therapy because of my relationship or X, Y, Z, but really once you exactly how you just said it, once you allow yourself that time and space to see it's really probably not about the relationship and more yeah. about you and, about and how you, you come to the table. <laughs> yes. And once you're, and people sometimes are not ready to look at that. Right. Totally. And that's why I think sometimes it does take a bit longer to kind of unveil what really needs to be figured out. Um, and that, I, the reason I ask that question is because I think sometimes people go and they're like, Oh, this isn't helping. And you know, they, go find somebody else or whatever. But I think you really have to ask yourself, do, am I putting in the effort and really digging deep as to what the underlying issue is? And mm -hmm. also is your therapist helping you get there, right? Or right. 
are they staying on the surface level with things? Like I need somebody who's going to be like, I'm going to push you hard for things because I'm a pretty good master at my mind. Right. And I can <laughs> convince somebody pretty well that things are going on. And so I need somebody to really push me down a little bit deeper too. Yeah. So um, what do you think is the biggest misconception around or stigma, as you mentioned, around mental health and people seeking help? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest one, but I think that just going off of what you just said, what actually came to mind, which is so funny that you asked that question, is that I think oftentimes we think of therapists as as we would think of a medical doctor. At least for me, like I hadn't I didn't know enough about what therapy was to think of it any other way. And so what I'm getting at is that they're different in that you have so much agency in your healing with mm -hmm. behavioral health. And that is everything from choosing the therapist, choosing how you want the therapy sessions to go. You know, you can say, I prefer to get homework. And mm -hmm. if the therapist says, I'm not comfortable with that, that's not your therapist. Or yeah. your therapist can switch gears, say, oh, great. Good to know. And, and yeah. I say the difference because I feel like most of us go to a medical doctor and they tell us what to do and we say, okay you know? Um, yeah. but, but it is, you're a client of mm -hmm. a therapist and it is their job to, <laughs> you know, make sure you're getting the service you want. So right. anyway, I think that is um, a misconception about therapy, but I also mm -hmm. think that probably the bigger ones are that, you know, therapy, mental health in some way, shape or form, if you're seeking help or you have, or you have challenges that they're, you're crazy or there's something wrong with you or that you're weak um, or that therapy is like a last resort. You know, everything must have gone so wrong that you just get in therapy. And, yeah. um, you know, I think truly the more I started to open up about it and obviously now I'm full-fledged out there with it, but mm -hmm. the more I started to open up about my struggles and medication and therapy, it was like the more people would look at me and go kind of like, oh yeah, me too you know, and, right. and it's like, we're all, we're all kind of trucking along in the same mess here, you know, so. A hundred percent, especially the way the world is now too. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing before where we were dealing with our own stuff, but now we have these outside stressors of there's a war going on and you feel, oh, I, I feel bad for these moms and people that are over there. And like, it's like, you feel things on a different level than you did before or just life in general is not as easy. And I think especially for people that f are very into feeling and in touch and whatever, it's mm -hmm. even more important for our nervous system to find those outlets to regulate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, if that means that medication is gonna help you, by all means, like right. no shame in the game, like do whatever <laughs> you need to do to feel better. Exactly. Um, because this life is meant to be enjoyed and we have enough things that are stressful. Um, and I think sometimes just carving out that time and as you mentioned, now a lot of them are on Zoom, which is better as far as the time constraint. Do you find that finding that self-care on top of therapy is doable for you? Or do you feel like the self-care is the therapy and then that's all that you do? Do you know what I'm mm, saying? I do. Um, you know what? Therapy is, is self-care for me, but therapy mm -hmm. has also taught me along with the 
you know, many guests on my podcast and everyone that I've talked to since sort of starting more of my, my business or my brand or whatever my podcast is that I've learned other ways to incorporate self-care on a regular basis. And, um, I have, I have a real issue with the word truthfully, because I think that it's, it's gotten so commodity driven. And I think a really well-intentioned movement movement has gotten bogged down by marketing and money and media. I just, you know, with self-care, I used to truly think of it as strictly manicure, spa days, shopping, you know, taking, you know, I don't know, taking time that as a, for me, a new mom, I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And so now I understand that reading 10 pages in my book while my kids are playing with blocks on the floor or taking five deep breaths in the middle of a tantrum, or just before you and I get on a call, taking five deep breaths and just switching my mind from one mode to the other. And honestly, even sometimes walking out to my mailbox on a nice day and back to my house is my self-care, you know, I've just feeding myself, not just eating what's around, taking time to make a salad that I'm going to enjoy, not just the leftovers from the kids' lunch or whatever. It's just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I hardly do chores now, anything around the house without a podcast in my ear or music on because it helps pass the time and makes me feel better. And just little things that I can do and incorporate on a regular basis that some of them I was already doing, but actually acknowledging them as self-care is a mindset shift in itself. A hundred percent. Putting the intention behind it and shifting the narrative is way different. And I love that because with coaching and when I, the reason, as I mentioned before, that I started in 2008 is I wanted to give people those tools in order to help them get to where they wanted to be. Right. And, and part of that is for some people, you know, meditating and journaling is not doable or they don't like it or it causes them more stress, you know? So I always say the guilt around not doing it is right. Yeah can get you too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I love that you're finding different ways to do that because it's the same thing I say to my clients, right? It could be looking up recipes on Pinterest, making like baking something, your own meditation or your own self-care can look however you want it to look. It doesn't have to be how we expected it to look, you know, and how, you know, the media or whatever you want to call it has kind of portrayed it to be. So I agree with you as far as how it's been marketed a certain way. But I do think so many people like yourself are recognizing and putting that intention to it in different ways. And I love that you say even going out to your mailbox, because (laughs) when we first got on the phone, I'd asked her if, you know, was it feeling more like spring and summer? And she said, yes. And I think part of that with mental health is such a big deal. I mean, I live in California and I would have a, um, a sunlight on my desk because in California we have May gray and June gloom where it's like super gray until 12, two o'clock in the afternoon. And that to me is depressing. And I know that about myself. I need to have that light so that it keeps my boot, my mood boosted. Um, (laughs) So I think recognizing that and realizing that's helpful for me and, and making an effort to do that, making your yummy salad, that's going to 
That actually sounds really good right now too. So I'm yeah. going to order my favorite <laughs> yummy salad today since you, since you mentioned that. But it's the little things I think that add up to a big difference that shows up in your life. And yes. don't underestimate those small things because it matters, right? Yes. As well as the self-preservation of the people around you. I always say like, do you feel that there's someone or something in your world, especially around people in, in my orbit that are trying to conceive, right? It's really important to make sure that you you do have self-preservation. And if there's somebody around you that is not serving your highest good, we probably want to put them on a timeout for a little bit until you get to where you want to be. And knowing that that's okay too, right? You don't have to announce it to anybody that you're doing that, but just slowly take a step back to say, I don't feel super good around this person or this thing and recognize that you need to take care of yourself in whatever way that that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. What's some advice that you can give to somebody who's listening to this that's maybe on the fence of, should I start to see a therapist or a coach or what? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to somebody? I would say that the worst thing that can happen is you have a couple of sessions, you hate it and you stop. Like it's not, that's what I didn't understand that either. I thought that like calling a therapist meant that I was like committing to like a year long of whatever, but there are a lot of therapists. Most coaches will offer you some sort of consult, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour for you to get to know each other a little bit and see if you vibe as the kids yeah. <laughs> say these days. Um, but, but I, I would say nothing is binding, you know, just give it, give yourself a chance or, you know what, the other thing that I did too, that's always helpful. I, you know, we both have podcasts, so I guess this sounds convenient, but I listened to so many podcasts where people were talking about their therapy experience mm. so that I could start to get an idea of what it was like. And I listened to a few podcasts that are hosted by therapists. So I, you know, it just, it kind of lets you dip your toe in before even picking up the phone. You start to get a feel for it and start to recognize the different types of therapy and the different types of therapists and the difference between coaching and therapy, because there is a big difference. And truthfully, I think like I have both and they both serve very different purposes. So, you know, I would say just ask around, listen around, go on uh, social media platforms of therapists and coaches, see what they're like. I think that's great advice. And just take that first step because yeah. as you said, like what's the worst that can happen? But to the other side of that, I always say, give, give your, the thoughts in your brain equal space. So what the worst can happen, what's the best yeah. that can happen? The best that's that can smart. happen is yeah. you find somebody that totally gets you you spend that hour with them and you walk away and you're like oh my god i feel amazing right now like and yep. there's nothing better than that to just have some time with somebody that you feel like is showing up for you and wants to be there for you as your cheerleader and help you through whatever it is that you're going through and maybe maybe you don't have anything tough so to speak that you're going through but you just want someone to hang out with for a an hour and and move on and that's fine too you know i yeah. think some people say oh i'm not going to pay for this person to listen to me i have a lot of friends it's different than having a friend to yeah. talk to or whatnot um and so i would say what christy was just mentioning about listening to different podcasts i think is a great idea i never would have thought of that um 
It's funny, as a podcaster myself, I always tell my clients to listen to music rather than podcast, um, <laughs> which is funny because there's something about that energy, right? If you're listening mm -hmm. to music from college or high school or whatever that you like, it shifts the energy of your brain, literally, totally. right? Um, and so in what I do, it's a very different outcome that we're trying to get at as far as creating a baby but if you are looking for a, a um a therapist i think that that's great advice to to look up some podcasts that people are and even maybe taking a, a step further of maybe there's someone in your area who is a podcaster therapist that you can see too so you would even know a little bit more about them which would be great mm -hmm. so how can people find you christy I am everywhere at Sass I love that. I, so, I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm everywhere. So sasses.com. My podcast is on all the major platforms. That's called Sasses. And I'm mostly active on Instagram and TikTok. And I am at Sasses. Awesome. Where does the Sass come from? My uh my I my college roommate, who I also went to high school with. So we've we go back. Um she <laughs> she started calling me sassarella whenever you know we'd be talking about usually boys honestly um but any topic that would get me fired up and i i kind of was that blunt friend and uh she would just do this hand motion with her thumbs and snap and be like oh sassarella's here <laughs> um and it just kind of became an alter ego that stuck with me i had a blog in college that i called sassarella says and Cool. Anything I've done publicly, I've kept to, you know, that like sort of it. blunt friend alter ego. <laughs> nice. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, Sass says, go find her. And thanks for being here and look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit ElizabethKing.com backslash Pretty Little Tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.